Welcome, sports fans, to the Shoot Your Thought podcast with your hosts, Josh Sanger and Neil Rampersod. Hello and welcome to a Friday edition of the Shoot Your Thought podcast. The reason why we're on a Friday this week, because um, Neil and I are busy people, but also because... There's a lot to talk about on this episode. A lot a, to talk about this week. There's a lot to talk about. We wanted to make sure we had everything lined up perfectly. We want to make sure we have the facts about what we're talking about. We want to make sure that we're giving you the best content we possibly can. Um, and with that being said, let's start with uh, what happened last night. Neil, what happened last night? Well, uh, the uh, soup kitchen was open last night and... Uh, God damn, they're delivering some good-ass soup. They have to... We're talking about the Leafs. Um, and they have to start getting that soundbite from Seinfeld saying, no soup for you. Every yeah. time Jack Campbell makes a save... Yeah. And he made a lot of fucking saves last night. He robbed so many people good. on the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's four wins in a row for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. That is four wins in a row. But every time he makes a save, they have to play the no soup for you. They have to. From Seinfeld? Yeah. Yeah. They should. But, I mean, since our last conversation last week on our podcast, on episode 40, they were 2-4-1. and one. They're now sitting at 6-4-1. and one. They have gone undefeated. Four wins in a row since our last conversation. The kind of, you know, hurt has <laughs> eased a little bit. There's a still a bit. lot of hurt. A little bit. Still deep-seated hurt going on here, but... You know, this is definitely helping with the four wins in a row. I jokingly texted a friend last night because they, they, the Leafs looked really good last night. They were down for most of the game, but they looked really good. It was very close. It was a one nothing game up until late in the third period. Um, the Leafs tied it up and then won in, in overtime um, on a power play. Uh, but I jokingly said that that game last night possibly turned me back into a Leafs fan. Possibly. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm 100% one over yet. I think I think I still need to, you know, the hurts the hurts still there. I think I haven't taken back the X fully yet. I think they have to still buy me a few more flowers, you know, take me out to a fancy dinner at least one or two more times. And then maybe I'll think about it. But um, I'm, I'm feeling good about this relationship again. I'm feeling better about this relationship. Well, you're way more forgiving than I am because I, I'm still, you know. You're still upset about grinding it. Grinding my teeth every time. I mean, time don't get there's... me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I'm still bloody upset about it too. Yeah. But you're saying you're, you're still not willing to, but I, to Right now, we're forget. only we're 11 games in. You know, there's still a lot of games to play. 71 games left in the season. Yeah. We'll see what happens the next four games. They could easily just lose the next four games. And then we're right back to where we were. We're right back talking shit again and saying, go fuck yourself. But now that they're playing teams outside of Canada, you know, they they look, they they haven't played these teams in almost two years, right? So they look good. I'm just saying. They look good and I feel good about them going forward. But I'm not fully forgiven yet. Oh. Anyways, I think that's all we need to say about the Toronto Maple Leafs. And you, unless you wanted to leave another comment there, we'll talk about it again next week. <laughs> we'll talk about, about it. Again we'll next see. Week. We'll revisit this Leafs team next next uh, week on our episode forty-two. Um, moving on. 
however, um, to, to some less exciting news, some pretty horrific some news. daunting news coming out of the NHL. Coming out of the NHL. Um, this is a saga that's been going on throughout the offseason. Um, it's started to, it's, it's taken quite the turn. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're talking about Kyle Beach and the allegations against the NHLPA the NHL commissioners, and um, pretty much everyone involved with the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, so former Chicago NHL draft pick. He was drafted in May, uh, early 2010, pardon me, uh, 11th overall. Um, Revealed himself about a week ago as the first accuser in a sexual assault investigation into the Chicago Blackhawks team. Uh, Kyle Beach, who's known as John Doe 1 in court documents, said he was sexually assaulted by former video coach Brad Aldrich while the team was in the midst of a major playoff run back in 2010. Now, the reports uh, dive into how the allegations were handled, commissioned by the team in response to a lawsuit filed by Beach earlier this year. He prompted a wave of high-profile resignations by former coaches and managers. Those resignations include Chicago's general manager, Stan Bowman, and former Chicago Blackhawks coach, current, former current manager, Joel Quenville of the undefeated Florida Panthers this year. The coach, yeah. The coach. Um, The team has also been handed a $2 million U.S. fine. On Monday, this past Monday, NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman apologized to Beach but said the league's goal is now to do whatever necessary to continue to move forward. So the ripple effects of this case are being felt beyond the NHL. It's part of a long overdue reckoning of hockey culture over the past several decades. What are your thoughts on this, Josh? Um, well, one of the reasons why we, we wanted to have this, this podcast later on in the week was so that we could fully wrap our heads around what, what is going on, what's transpiring right now. Get all the um, information that we can. Get all the information. But I don't think I've fully wrapped my head around the fact that the lengths, <clears throat> excuse me, the lengths that the NHLPA and the commissioners have gone to to cover this up. The lengths that they've, like this, this seems like, you know, what we see in TV shows, what we see in movies of how, you know, the the evil coaches, the evil managers and what they do to silence those that are inferior to them. We're seeing that play out in real life. Kyle Beach came forward many years ago about how he was uncomfortable, how, you know, he, he needed he needed some sort of safety. He needed to know that he was going to be safe in that organization, in that locker room. And instead of doing that, you know, they, they met in rooms, the coaches, the managers, they met in rooms silently. They came out. No one was punished. No one was apprehended. And Kyle Beach was slowly pushed out of the organization. This kid was drafted 11th overall. 11th overall, and he never played a game for the Chicago Blackhawks. Why is that? Never played a game in the NHL. Never played a game. And that's because he decided to stand up for himself. And that 
at that time and now as well is known as you know stirring the pot ruffling some feathers and that can't happen in this old boys club that's the nhl and then even now we have people like duncan keith and jonathan taves coming out and defending these people that covered up this whole situation you know asking about you know what are your thoughts on the situation and them saying oh you know these these general managers these 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 people are good people i i don't think um it's their fault what do you mean it's not their fault what are you talking about they literally covered it up they ruined Kyle Beach's life did you not see that interview with him on TSN where he he literally started crying on national television because this has been pinned up in him for so long and he 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 felt that it was his fault because other people after him couldn't come forward because he didn't come forward himself into media he tried to deal with it internally within the organization and that didn't work so we had to come forth to the media now but this is a grown man and he's crying on national television yeah because of what this the toll that this has taken on him and then you still have that night that same night after this interview went live they asked jonathan taves about the situation and he came forth and said that oh these people that covered it up for years and years are actually good people I don't I, like the the report that came out said that nothing at all was done by senior leaders in Blackhawks coaching and management in 2010, and you know Kyle Beach himself has said that he buried this secret for 11 years, yeah, 11 whole years, and you know the the toll that that takes on an individual day in and day out, just having a like having to you know go through what he went through. Obviously, you know, this is demoralizing to any human being. Like, it, this is life ruining. His, his life has been ruined. He's never played a game in the NHL. Maybe, maybe that has a little bit on his accord. Maybe he decided to go play in Europe, in Austria, Germany, Sweden, wherever he's played, because he didn't want to deal with the NHL who couldn't give him the time of day. Maybe he's like, you know what, fuck this organization, because they don't give a shit they're not listening to me why the fuck would i want to represent and and play for an organization like that that obviously pushes things under the rug like this bullshit yeah and even now we're seeing you know gary bettman and daly come out and have this press conference which was the the saddest excuse for a press conference i've ever seen it was a Zoom conference and they were sitting in this random staff room. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. But the questions they were asked were hard-hitting questions. And they were stumbling over these questions. And I mean stumbling. Like they were asked, why the Chicago Blackhawks have only been fined $2 million? You look at the, the, the $2 million fine. There have been teams that have, you know, um, quote unquote, abused the salary cap or gone above the salary cap, and they've been fined $3 million and draft picks. This is a human scandal on a human level, taken outside of the game, and they're only fined $2 million. That's pocket change. 
That's not, that's a slap on the wrist. That's not anything. Yeah. They're stumbling over these questions because they don't know what it is that they're talking about. They're meeting with Quinville. They're meeting with, you know, um, the GM at the time. And they're, they're allowing them to resign. They're allowing them to resign on their own accord. They're not firing them. They're not reprimanding them. They're not holding them, holding them accountable to their actions. They're allowing them to resign. Quinville resigned on his own accord, apparently. You think that's, you know, that's punishment? Him resigning on his own accord and not being fined or not being, you know, anything at all? That's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. That's laughable. You say the NHLPA is changing. You say the commissioners are changing. You say this old boy club, old boys club is, is, you know, losing its, its grasp on this sport. Prove it. I think, um, I don't know if you've heard this, but I think, you know, one of the, the least players, Wayne Simmons has come out and suggested that I did see this, a third yeah. party, um, be introduced because of you know the how shaken up the players faith in the nhl and the nhlpa and the union how fucking shaky that trust is now knowing what they now know the nhlpa is there was set in stone to protect the players 100 percent, there should be a third party you know Absolutely. you obviously know that the nhl and the nhlpa are in bed together and obviously some information only goes certain to a certain extent it doesn't get taken all the way there has to be a third party and this is a prime example of that you know like great for wayne simmons to recognizing this because you know he's been in this any he's been in the league for a long time he was in the league and in, in 2010 2010 was a long time ago but some shady shit is still going on in the nhl absolutely that we're not even hearing about right now absolutely so a hundred percent there should be a third party we might hear introduced. about this what's happening now 10 years from now yeah hopefully not you know with the introduction that of you know outside assistance for players it's needed bring it in and that's not just the nhl bring in a third party to all fucking sports this is not the only sport this is happening in. i can guarantee you that absolutely basketball baseball this shit's happening across the board you know players need support if it if they don't get support from their own union. Who else are they going to get it Who from? Who are they going to turn to? I don't know. Fuck. I like the fact that there are players that are speaking up about this. Yeah. I.e. Wayne Simmons. Taylor Hall said something about the fact that this is such an old boys club and it needs to change. Yeah. Um, but more needs to happen than just players speaking up. More needs to happen. I don't want to see this just pushed under the rug like every other single thing in the history of the NHL of this magnitude. I, I just want to see some, some actual change. And I don't want to, I don't want to see that change in the sense of, you know, allowing these, these people that were involved in the situation to resign on their own accord. That's not change. That's not accountability. That's sad to be quite frank. But Kyle Beach is, I don't know. I'm trying to put it into words. Um, I'm thankful for Kyle Beach. Yeah. I think he's an amazing example. I think he's an amazing person. 
I think the courage that it took to do what he did is just unfathomable. But it's led the way for other people to start speaking up. And I'm very thankful for Kyle Beach. And um, yeah, I just think um, it takes a lot to do what he did. And I respect the hell out of him. Absolutely. Did you have anything you wanted to add there, Neil? Uh, I don't know if you got a chance to check out the new Netflix series that um, is based on... Quite the transition. <laughs> well, I just like kind of, you know, talking about players standing up for what they believe in and, and what they've gone through. Uh, Colin Kaepernick. Absolutely. Has a new documentary out on... Um, is it out now? I don't know if you can call it a... Do- it's like a docu-series. It is out. I've watched it. Some controversy, but overall, you know, a, a what's it called? I great watch. It. Um, it it's called Colin in Black and White. Mm-hmm. Um, talks about you know racial injustice, everything that's gone that he stood for, that he kneeled for um, throughout political injustice, um, racial injustice. He kneeled for that because shit was not, you know, like someone needs to take a stand, and he did it. There was a scene in that... I, I'm going completely off topic here. There was a it. scene in there... Anytime to talk about Colin Kaepernick. Where he... He kind of used the NFL draft as an example and compared it to old day slavery where these white men would just stand in front of a line of black men and then just like rate their qualities, like their wingspan, the way they look the physique how like how like what strength they have and he compared that to olden day like the NFL NFL draft to old day um slavery and i thought i thought that was portrayed really well um and as soon as any of these players any of these people that are picked in these drafts speak up about what's being done to yeah. them they're pushed out he talked like he brought up a lot of you know really critical points you know like doing things the right way is really doing things the white way in the NFL. Like yeah. just so, so, I mean, it just now, there's a lot you know, of similarities between that and the y- Kyle Beach situation. Yeah. Now, you know, having these individuals come forth and talk about things and just, you know, just starting this, this discussion is huge, you know, and just having, you know, people talk about it and have people, you know, 10 12 years ago people weren't talking about this shit so i just think you know it kind of reminded me of of that um netflix series that just came out which i highly recommend you taking a chance to to check it out i definitely need to watch it absolutely um but speaking about football should we segue into some more football talk you are just the king of these segues don't you you have these written down don't you i don't actually (laughs) but Yes, let's move on to some football. Some more news coming out of the NFL this morning um, is the... I guess that was this morning, eh? It was I this morning. Like that was forever ago because there's there's so much that has happened since then. There's so many people that have commented on what's just happened. But anyways, continue. Odell Beckham Jr.'s stint with the Cleveland Browns seems to be coming to an end. Has come to an end. The Cleveland Browns have cut the wide receiver... This morning, after a week filled with drama, once again with Odell, 
You know, we've seen him now probably headed to his third team. Drama with the Giants. You know all about that. Drama now with the Browns in what was a very tumultuous stay with the Browns. Um, after his own father put out a 13-minute <laughs> video uh, with ridiculous. the music, with the soundtrack, Everybody Hurts to it. Of <laughs> Odell not having proper quarterback play, hindering his own ability to catch balls on the field. After that soap, dra- soap opera drama, he is now being released after being excused from practice two days in a row. What are your thoughts on this, Josh? My thoughts are, do you think Odell gave his father permission to post that video or do you think he his you just saw his dad post the video then afterwards he's just like oh well i wonder i hope nothing bad happens from you posting that video just kidding i'm released from the team i'm not currently rostered on an nfl team my thoughts are odell beckham comes with um baggage let's say he's uh he's a he's a great wide receiver he is He's one of the best to play the game. But he he does command a lot of the ball, and that does um, put a wrench into any offensive plans that a team may have. You can make the argument that Baker Mayfield is is a better quarterback without Odell on the, on the field. And so, you know, and when he doesn't get these targets, when he doesn't have a good day, good game, he, he takes it out on other people. And so I, I think... I mean, we we only know from what we hear in the media. Um, we don't know what what's happening behind closed doors in this situation. Clearly, there was some disagreements. Um, other players, um, it seems like, uh, are not happy with Odell Beckham. And so, I think when you get to that point where other players are speaking up to the media, saying how much of a, a you know a bad personality this is, I think you just need to get rid of the player. It comes it comes to a certain point where you kind of have to just decide as a team what you want to do with a player who thinks they're larger than the team itself, mm-hmm. and that is Odell Beckham. He is his head has grown from this one handed catch that he made. He's a phenomenal athlete, but the last couple of years he's been trash. He's not been good. No, he's not been. He's good. also been very injured, and maybe. He, but the injury rehab hasn't been the greatest. I'm going to sit here and I'm no one's talking about it, but I'm going to talk about it. Talk about it. No one wants to talk about how Odell also made Baker Mayfield worse. So That's what I I'm will. saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So Baker without OBJ, this completion percentage was sixty six percent versus sixty percent with Odell. So six percent higher. Not much. Passer rating was 103 without Odell. It was 86 with him. His TD to INT comparison without Odell, he had 20 touchdowns and four interceptions. With Odell, he only had 12 and seven interceptions. So, I mean, some people are going to say they made the fucking playoffs without Odell. Mm -hmm. They never did that with Odell. No team has made it to the playoffs with Odell. Thanks for reminding me. I appreciate that. You know, so I'm just going to sit here and say Odell Beckham 
because he is such a drama queen, because he demands the ball, because he's going to come in and say, yo, throw me the damn ball, I'm Odell Beckham, he immediately now takes away from whatever team chemistry you had, whatever team game plan you had, and puts the focus on him, now changing the dynamic from the team, now taking away from whatever game flow, whatever chemistry, whatever, you know, like, just find the open man. That's how you play. If you can get open, great. You're not DeAndre Hopkins. You're not Devontae Adams. You can't get you can't run routes like that, Odell Beckham. You can't. You're trash. I will say that he has been injured for most of his career. I really hope he I really hope he signs with the Toronto Argonauts because he ain't cut out <laughs> for the NFL. I mean, the Argonauts are on a pretty good playoff um, yeah. run right now. So. You heard it here first. Odell to the Toronto Argonauts. To the Toronto Argonauts. Um, I, I just don't see a team going out of their way and signing Odell Beckham. I know, yeah, it's it's the name. Oh, th- there will be teams going out of their way I know there's going to be a team, but I can't, I can't rationalize um, a team looking at what's happened with Odell in New York and now in Cleveland and saying, that's a player I want on my team. You know what I mean? Like, sure, you can have that, you know, a coach who's not going to take that kind of shit. You can have, um, you know, a manager that's not going to stand for that kind of behavior. But I don't know. There are a couple teams that I I truly believe that Odell Beckham may end up on. Are these playoff teams? Okay, who? Namely, one significant team comes to mind. It's the Green Bay Packers. Number one. Number two, the New Orleans Saints. I, I don't know about the, the Saints. I don't know where they're at. Just having well, now that Michael heard Thomas Michael Thomas has done year. for the year. Saints are still currently lined up for a playoff spot. They're 5-2. and two. They just beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers mm-hmm, mm-hmm. With, with Trevor Simeon. So, I mean, the, the, the Saints have all, all the reasons to go out and sign in Odell Beckham because they have no bona fide, number one. Yeah. They don't. So, I mean, there's a good chance he signs there. But who else has been asking for another top wide receiver? What about Pittsburgh? They don't have Juju. <laughs> what would you say if the Pittsburgh Steelers, as a Pittsburgh fan, go out and sign Odell Beckham Jr.? I'm just going to put this out there. Would you be if, the first if to Odell buy a had any beef with Baker Mayfield throwing him the ball, he is going to last a quarter. In if Pittsburgh, that, if with that. Big Ben throwing him the ball. Yeah. A quarter. He's going to be like, yo, throw him the ball. He's not going to have any <laughs> deep... Was that your Odell Beckham impression? It's my Odell Beckham impression. Uh, he's not going to get any deep balls in Pittsburgh. He's going <sighs> to get... I don't know. We'll see. Um, there are a lot of teams that have a lot... There are a lot of teams that have lost a lot of wide receivers and um, have a lot of injuries stacking up. So, Odell Beckham, apparently is a healthy wide receiver right now at the peak of his health so yeah i'd say teams go out and sign him i just can't in my own mind rationalize going out and signing odell beckham jr uh but should we move on yeah uh so other news coming out in the nfl that we just wanted to to discuss quickly here is the serious quick downfall um serious accident you know um Earlier this week, former Raiders wide receiver Henry Ruggs III was driving 156 miles per hour 
before a fatal uh, car crash in Vegas. Um, 22-year-old drove with blood alcohol content twice Nevada's legal limit. He unfortunately slammed into the rear of a vehicle that actually ended up burning, killing a 23-year-old woman. Very tragic news coming out of the NFL. Yeah. Um, Apparently he wasn't, he didn't have any life-threatening injuries, but he is going to be... He's now facing a minimum of two-year sentence. Yeah, he is going to have a slew of legal trouble over the next little while here. Um, It's just awful, awful tragedy that happened to this 23-year-old girl for an absolute fucking senseless reason. Why are you driving that fast? There's a video of him smiling and laughing before crashing. I actually didn't see that video. Um, But yeah, I don't want to see any memes about this. I've started to see some. um, He faces up to 46 years. Yeah. And if if we had a loser of the week segment this week, it wouldn't be Henry Ruggs. It would be Derek Carr. For what? Did you see what Derek Carr said about Henry Ruggs? No. He just came out and said, um, this guy needs love right now. This guy needs um, someone to reach out to him. This guy needs to know he's loved right now. So I'm going to do that. Are you kidding? Henry Ruggs just took an innocent woman's life. Because he was a fucking idiot. He drove drunk. He was going, what was it, 156 miles per hour? He was at 127 miles per hour when airbags deployed. deployed. His blood alcohol uh, level was more than twice the legal limit. This guy just murdered someone. He murdered someone. Well, if he didn't murder them with his car, a loaded gun was also found in the car. So, I mean, this. there's a lot to say here. The messaging that comes out of this is do better. Be smarter. Make smarter decisions. Do you know how fast in... You were here in Canada. Do you know how fast 156 miles an hour is? Probably closer to 210 kilometers. That's my guess. 251 kilometers an hour. I was so off. That is so fucking fast. Holy 251 shit. 251 kilometers an hour in Canada. You know how much of a fine that would be if you're caught driving on the 401 or the 407, 251 kilometers an hour? They wouldn't even impound your car. They would just destroy it there on site. They would take away your license. You would never be able to drive again, ever. If you're driving 251 kilometers an hour. Ruggs' girlfriend was in the car with him as well. She's being treated for... She she underwent surgery for a severe arm injury. So, I mean, like, he's... I, I don't know what else to say to this. It's just really tragic. Um, the Oakland Raiders... Sorry, the Las, Las Vegas, Vegas Raiders, Raiders. Formerly the Oakland Raiders have had a lot of <laughs> trouble with players going through stuff like this might be time that they hire someone who can better judge character because Henry, I don't know Henry Ruggs that well, but he's obviously had some issues in the past. He was picked 12th overall in the 2020 draft. He was now this year coming into his own in the NFL became the bona fide number one wide receiver on that team. 
Now he's toast. Three years at Alabama. We're never going to see Henry Ruggs ever play football again. And I think that's for the best. And I think, like you were saying, I think this can be an opportunity to learn from. I think just looking at this scenario and knowing that what could happen if you're as much of an idiot as Henry Ruggs, just plan ahead. If you know you're drinking, don't drive. Plan ahead. Always have a a plan. Just don't be a fucking idiot Mm because look at what could happen. You could face up to 46 years in prison and have to live with taking someone's life for the rest of your life. So, Okay, well, moving on to some more negative news coming out of the NFL. It's a negative show, baby. <laughs> Let's do it. A lot of injuries this week affecting many of your fantasy leagues, um, namely some, some big names, the biggest running back in the league, Derrick Henry going down. The best running back in the Broken league. foot. He actually played the remainder of the game after breaking his foot in the second quarter in that game this past week. Played the rest of the game. Had to have surgery after the game. Is out for the year. Massive loss to anyone who has Derrick Henry. Yeah. You um, could be a, because of Derrick Henry, you could be a playoff contender. You could be a championship contender in your fantasy league. And now... That may or may not be out the window. Additionally, you have gentlemen's manning their quarterback position, Aaron Rodgers and Jameis Winston. Aaron Rodgers we'll talk a little bit more next week about. Mm-hmm. He is out due to COVID concerns and, and violations. Idiot. He's a fucking idiot. And Jameis Winston, who's not a fucking idiot, but has bones of brittle nature. Yeah. I traded Aaron Rodgers away. I know we're going to talk about him next week, but I traded him away because he's not vaccinated. So it could be out this week and next week. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, Jameis Winston, yes, um, is now out for the season as well. Very terrible news. So let's talk a little F-Pow. Should we talk some F-Pow? <laughs> Do you want to go first? Oh, well, I think obviously my top waiver wire priority of the week from that news coming out of the NFL. If you're going to say who I think you say... Okay, go, just go on because I, I think you're going to say my fantasy pickup of the week. Go ahead. It's Jordan Love. Okay, no, that's not mine. Talk a little bit about that. It's Jordan Love. This is setting up to be Aaron Rodgers' last year in Green Bay. 100% is, whether they win the Super Bowl or not. Jordan Love is the heir apparent. Jordan Love is ready. Former first-round selection. They went you know, like above everyone's head, including Aaron Rodgers last year when they selected Jordan Love because they have big expectations for this guy. You're going to see a two-week sample of what Jordan Love can do. Go out and get him. We don't know what we're going to see, but you know you're going to see someone who has been an understudy for arguably one of the best quarterbacks in the game, Jordan Love. Pick him up. Start him. That's a good call because, like you said, this is Aaron Rodgers' last season. There's... There's no way he stays another season. This is his last season with Green Bay. And Jordan Love will be, is, is hope, hoping to be the franchise quarterback going forward. My first pickup of the week is also quarterback um, out of New Orleans. And that is Mr. Taysom Hill. He had four weeks last week where he was the quarterback one. Did you know that Trevor Simeon just got announced as this week's starter? You're lying to me. No, the, the, like 20 minutes ago, like on the show, he it, 
just came out that he is being announced as this week's starter. And I think, you know, Hang that's that's second. not a bad pickup because I need to look at this. That's not a bad pickup. I like the idea of having both guys on your bench because I think uh Taysom Mills just coming back from a concussion. I think he may need another week. How do you spell Simeon? S E M like semen, but Ian on the end. He's not coming up. Semien. I can't find him. He's not coming up. There's no way he just got announced. Over Taysom Hill? Trevor. You're oh, lying to me. Simon. Simon. Okay. That's. Am, are you breaking my heart on the show right now? I'm breaking news, man. How do you spell his name? <laughs> Saints are expected to start Trevor Simeon at QB in week nine. There, there we go. I just fucking traded for Taysom Hill. Whatever. Uh, well, I still say pick up Taysom, Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill, there you go. <laughs> uh, Taysom Hill is for sure going to play uh, some snaps. He's not going to start maybe, but he's he has always, since Taysom Hill has been on the team, he's always played snaps um, in any game, in every game. Um, he's always going to be involved at the goal line. Um, I say pick up Taysom Hill. Even if you can't play him this week, he's definitely a stash for next week. My second pickup of the week is someone that you're going to like very much. Oh, someone yeah? that you adore very much. Someone that you go to sleep dreaming about. I probably do. His name is Kadarius Tony, and he plays for the New York Football Giants. Um, he is most likely hanging out on the waiver wire after exiting his Week 7 game early due to an ankle injury. If so, he's worth a Week 9 pickup as one of the only healthy wide receivers headlining the Giants' wide receiver corpse and roster. Yep. He's primed for a big week because, or sorry. Um, you almost said Odell. <laughs> is still injured. He yeah. is practicing. Sterling Shepard doesn't matter. But he's, he's not going to play. brutal anyways. Uh, Sterling Shepard is doubtful for the game. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Barkley is an idiot and got COVID. So, you know, he ain't playing this week. Yeah. So, He's vaccinated, though, so... Kadarius Tony has flashed in the past. I like what I've seen so far out of him. Too bad the entire team is still doo-doo. But mm. if he's on the waiver wires, go out and get him. He's going to have a huge week. Uh, my second pickup of the week is... I'm going to stick with the trend of, of claiming defenses oh, in no. this. How was it last week for you? <sighs> I don't want to talk about last week. <laughs> um, but this week, I am picking up the Miami defense. Because Houston does not know how to play football right now. Um, they've got Davis Mills at quarterback, and I'm I, I have no confidence in him whatsoever. The Miami defense last year was incredible. Hey, you got to stay up to date, man. It's Tyrod Taylor this week. Is it actually Tyrod Taylor? Yes, <laughs> he's back. Okay, but is he healthy or is he going to be starting? I think Tyrod Taylor, regardless, you know, with with dual threat running and passing, I think he'll. Did you not see the first two games of the season? Yeah, he was good. He may get injured mid-game, but he you know, may get injured mid-game. But um, I don't think they've announced him as the starter. I think he, they've just announced that he's healthy. No, he's going to start. I don't know. They've announced it. Um, but I would still pick up the Miami defense because Miami defense looked really good last week. Um, they were almost unstoppable last season. Coming into this season, they weren't looking like the same defense, but. Last week and the week before, they were showing signs of the defense of old. 
So I think you are safe to pick up the Miami defense if you're looking for a streaming option. Are you going to try and pick up Tyrod Taylor now? Well, I feel like I might have to because now I that picked Taysom up Hill Taysom Hill is not playing this week. But I also have Jordan Love I picked up um, oh, that's, yeah. this week. So if up. Taysom Hill does not start, I'm going to play Jordan Love. For we sure. love talking about um, quarterback pickups, namely because we play in a two or uh, super flex is it Superflex? It's or not two, a Superflex. Two, two quarterback league. So, you know, that kind of forces your hand to consider any and all quarterbacks mm-hmm. in the league, mm-hmm. such as Trevor Simeon. <laughs> and, uh, I picked up Zach Wilson for a week in this. Obviously, you haven't heard about the legend named Mike White. So Clearly, I haven't. He did get injured last night, though. So Still, number one priority if you have it. Mike White. <laughs> next week. Next week. We'll talk about that next week. But um, yeah, no, two QBs. You got to you gotta stay on top of who you can stream week in and week out. Absolutely. Which is why we bring you FPAL. FPAL. That is going to do our for our show today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, thank you for waiting until Friday. We appreciate it. Friday episode. Have a good week, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Shoot Your Thought Podcast. 